you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Chris Voss. Wait, that's me. Hey, hey, it's Chris Voss from the ChrisVossShow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. As always, we have another amazing author, very prolific on this show. She's done a lot of different books. We're going to be talking about her new book that's coming out next week. But in the meantime, always remember that uh, you're uh, by listening to the show, you're... Uh, contractually obligated to refer five of your family and friends to your downline of listeners on the show no it's not like that i'm just kidding you know i'm teasing you but i also am guilting and shaming you tell your friends to go to <laughs> youtube.com forward says chris voss uh goodreads.com forward says chris voss and linkedin forward says chris voss see the linkedin newsletter over there it's really cool uh so now that i'm done with my guilting shaming and uh, trying to uh, uh, wedge my audience into doing whatever they can. No, we really appreciate you guys. We love you guys, and we love you sharing the show, so thank you very much for that. Today, an amazing author on the show with us today. Uh, we have Rendy Stefano. Uh, she is the author of the newest book, How I'll Kill You, which is uh, something we all can learn from. It comes out March 21st, uh, 2023. Your newest book is coming out. Uh, give us a .com or wherever you want people to find you on the interwebs, please. Yes. So I am at, on Instagram at Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, Stefano, mm -hmm. author. There you go. And you, uh, this is your first uh, adult novel, but you've been uh, doing other books since. Tell us a little bit about your background in writing yeah. books. Yeah, I was, I was really fortunate to get into young adult at the kind of big young adult boom of the Hunger Games era. Mm -hmm. And so I had my first novel Wither back in 2011. Um, it, so it sold in 2010 and it was just like a, more than I ever expected. I, I had just graduated from college in about 2008 and I had found an agent who believed in my work. And I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe if I get lucky, I'll have a trade paperback in my local bookshop. That, that was kind of my biggest dream at the time, just not expecting to keep the lights on with writing. And I was just really blown away by the reception <laughs> to, to my debut um, young adult. And then I made the very silly looking back mistake of thinking, well, now I'm in publishing. Now I'm in, it's just gonna be all cake from here. Every book I write will get sold. Not the case. <laughs> it's 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 an interesting uh, it's an interesting marketplace. I mean, sometimes you know some people like one thing and they don't like another, and you're like, but that was the same sort of genre. So you've written how many children's books? Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say fourteen. There you go. That's a lot of children's books. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, so what motivated you want to switch gears and and move to an adult novel? So I, I always knew, I, I've always really been interested in true crime and thrillers and horror. Not that this is necessarily horror, but mm -hmm. somewhere in that vein. And I knew that someday I wanted to write something really twisty and, and geared for adults. And, you know, with the F-bomber too, right? <laughs> something, I, something I don't put in my children's books. And so for about five years, I had been attempting to write a thriller. But there's so many directions you can take, right? You've got the... Mm -hmm 
kind of gritty cop drama. You've got the small town horror. You've got the really kind of poetic mystery, all, all sorts of different angles. And it was, it was really a struggle mm. to, to find my voice. And something that I really find interesting is um, when, we, when we think about serial killers, most of the time they're flying solo. Mm. And so I thought, what would bond two or more serial killers? And would there always be that fear of, well, you know everything about me. Are you going to take us down together? What if one of us grows a conscience, right? And wow. right, what would, what would make you work together? And all I could think was a really strong, really unique sibling bond. <laughs> <laughs> so you've made sibling sisters serial killers is that correct yes it's it's three identical triplets uh, and they're triplets yes. triplets serial killers mm -hmm. i think you've struck upon something that no one's ever really plumbed at least that i know of uh you know a, a serial killer is teaming up you're right you these are the lone wolves mm -hmm. and, uh, so why do they i mean uh, i don't want to give away the plot of the book of course but uh can you tease out anything on why they uh yeah. turn down this road so I think a big part of their story ended up being that they grew up in the foster care system. So uh -huh. they were abandoned. Their parents never came forward to claim them. They still don't really know <clears throat> their, their origin. Um, mm -hmm. And when they were babies, it was this novelty. Wow. Abandoned triplets. People love multiples on the news, you know, all over kind of the talk show circuits. And then as they grew up, their lives were very real and mm -hmm. they became wards of the state and had very different and very difficult upbringings. Mm -hmm. where they often felt that they were not in control of themselves or their surroundings. And then as they, as they became adults, as they were 19, 20, they started dating, looking for some stability in life and found men that broke their hearts. Mm. And they realized, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, you know, the heartbreaking, the reality of dating is something we all kind of deal with, right? Mm -hmm. A partner cheats on you, leaves you, just isn't interested anymore. But for them, after so much, it was like a final straw situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you plus you're, you know, it's, it's loss, you know, you, if you find love, you lost. And, you know, if you grew up, I suppose, in that environment of, you know, not being around, um, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, accepting you or loving you, you, you kind of feel probably a bigger loss. Yeah. I think it was, it was just very much a cumulative lack of control and mm -hmm. they took it to a, just a very deep extreme where one of them got this idea and the others said, well, you're, we're all each other has, so I guess we're all going on this together. <laughs> we're all going on a murderous <laughs> rage. Mm -hmm. Pretty with, much. With lots of murdering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because you have three people, it's three different um, approaches, right? So they, they're, che they're checking their tracks and they're making uh -huh. sure that they don't get caught. They're being very careful. That's one way to do it. I like that. Um, so this is this is quite an interesting story. One of the, uh, I don't know if you call this a byline, but the description, it's, there's a line here that says, make him want you, make him love you, make him dead. <laughs> Can you tease out a little bit about what that's? My, oh my gosh, my agent <laughs> came up with that. That was in her pitch <laughs> and it worked. It worked. Um, I like it. Yeah, so the the rules because they they can't just be stabbing people willy nilly, right? It's mm -hmm. it's got to be very organized, and you have. I'm writing this down too to keep notes. Yeah, so two of the sisters are. <laughs> yeah, so this is not a self help book. Oh, oh, oh! I thought this was a self help. Book. No, it's a no. <laughs> no, you're gonna get us in trouble. No, so two of the sisters are kind of um, 
the reckless and impulsive ones and they just want to go in and do what they're going to do. But the other sister, our narrator, she's the more cautious one and she makes sure that everything gets cleaned up. She sets the rules. This is how we make sure that we don't end up in jail. Right. And so one of the rules is we, we move to a town, we, we scope out, we don't stay in one place for long. We scope out a place that's kind of a small town. People don't lock their doors, not a lot of security cameras or internet necessarily everywhere you go. And then you fall in love. You, you make a man fall in love with you mm. and you kind of, you sustain your alibi. You get some character witnesses, you get people to like you. Mm. And then this, this mysterious boyfriend just, disappears one day mm. and then you're gone <laughs> so in the story are the protagonists basically the three uh young girls yeah so it's it's one sister in particular does all of the narrating um mm -hmm. but she i picked her as the narrator because she's the one who observes and sees what everybody else is doing ah so is there a point is there an antagonist is there is it anybody who uh i mean i'm not sure what you can tease out but is there is like anybody who comes after them or you might you might say that i think well the narrator a lot of the time and you don't learn her real name until the end she goes by many mm. ways um they're very careful about that as well mm. but i i would say that she refers to herself as the predator because mm. she happens upon this really sweet town this really nice kind of warm community that takes her in and welcomes her and she meets her you know her mark this man that she's planning to kill and he's really kind and he's vulnerable and he's pretty much what i think what she'd be looking for under normal circumstances yeah she's the only one that's gonna ruin it <laughs> wow that's just unfortunate he seems like a nice guy i don't know <laughs> So they go through this whole thing, and I, I suppose the adventure of everything they go on. Uh, any any other tease outs of uh, how the plot goes? One thing with novels, we can't give away too much, or else we give a whole thing away. I think we can we can tease out quite a bit, but I think it's more you have to kind of decide whose whose side you're on, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things would lead to her facing justice mm -hmm. and lead to her and her sisters ending up in jail, mm -hmm. and her her objective is to keep that from happening, and wow. so it's who are you rooting for really? And then you decide who the antagonist is from there. Wow. This sounds pretty interesting. I've never heard a concept of this, of uh, putting serial together killers together and, and uh, triplets of all things. Mm -hmm. um, I would, I would, uh, I'm going to be wary of ever dating anybody who's a triplet from here on out. You've, well, that's a, um, one of the one of the things that was a lot of fun too is you know this is to say you know a 25 year old woman just pretty mm -hmm. unassuming just looks like your average person walking down the street and so she mentions a few times in her narrative it's not just the the, the dark shadows at night it's not just the, the creepy man that's following you out to your car in the parking lot it could be anybody anywhere yeah anybody anywhere and uh, that's the danger. <laughs> fun, <it's> fun. <laughs> Very interesting and a great tease. Um, so, I mean, when you wrote the book, uh, did you base the characters on any maybe movie stars or people in your life that you uh, kind of peeled some of the characters off of? I didn't. Um, oh. I did. So there, it's a it's a small church town that she scopes out. And I think, like a lot of a lot of creative types and writers, I ended up having one of those religious upbringings, <laughs> um, and I grew up in sort of a, a church community that mm. I don't I haven't I don't necessarily associate with so much in my adult life. But I learned a lot 
in my time there. And I really did put a bit of that into this. Did you have to study triplets and twins and how they, I don't know, interact with each other? Oh, a little bit. Um, I have a lot of twins in my family. Oh, do you? So, not triplets, no triplets, but twins. Um, and so I think what, what I aimed to make unique about this is that even though they're identical triplets, they grew up in different homes, in different environments mm. because of the foster system. So our protagonist, she grew up in kind of a nuclear foster home that really tried to help her and cared for her. Mm. And her two sisters were not as fortunate. They ended up in a lot of group homes or kind of toxic situations. Wow. Um, so it, they were all very much impacted by the different ways they were raised. Note to self, uh, cancel that adoption that I was... Oh, no, don't do that. No, there's no self-help in this at all. <laughs> I don't I don't advise anybody to do anything. That's I don't want to get in your triplets anymore. You've, uh, <laughs> you've, you've scarred me for that. So I'm, I'm kind of at this point going, yeah, no, I don't know about triplets or twins anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an interesting story and setup you have. Um, what, what, what made you uh, feel... What, 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 in the structure of this novel, doing an adult novel as opposed to children's novel, what, what, uh, what was different for you in writing it or maybe you, how you approached it differently? So I think in, and this isn't true for all children's authors, so I'm only speaking for myself here, sure. but in my children's books, I really aimed to have a clear um, parable, maybe a moral message. So mm -hmm. here's the character, here's the spunky teenage girl that's going to save the world, for example, right? Um, a lot of this is good versus evil and really kind of at the end of the day, a clear villain. Um, mm -hmm. But I think in adult, I was aiming not only for adult, but also this is my first time not really writing a fantasy. Mm. So I was writing about kind of the modern day here and now. And so I was really trying to capture the world we live in today. Mm -hmm. um, but maintain some escapism, understand oh. people don't necessarily want to read about what they see on the news every day. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, it's, it's very morally gray. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the hero of the story is a serial killer. So you decide whether you want her to fail or succeed. Mm. Do you think this will identify with a lot of women? I've had girlfriends tell me I, that, that when we were breaking up, they were like, I wish I could kill you because I don't want to ever see you with another woman. And no, I, I, re I really found that disturbing. I, I think that if they were serious, they wouldn't tell you. Well, that's probably true. That's yeah. probably explains why you a heads up there, so like arsenic there. right now. <laughs> Just be careful starting your car, I guess. <laughs> yeah, starting my car. And, and, uh, and we had someone on recently who did a book, uh, an author who did a book on a true story in Hungary, I believe it was, of arsenic murders. And there was a, there was like, 160 to 300 murders and uh this this lady was like a drug dealer for arsenic she would mm -hmm. make arsenic and give it to the wives in the area and they offed a ton of husbands and uh, yeah. so, so there's a lot of murder going on with uh with ex with wives and and girlfriends evidently so this should just should help as a manual well statistically <laughs> i i think that women are more likely to to murder using poison yeah 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 I mean, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure why that is, but that seems to be the case. Uh, maybe they like maybe like the slow death of it, where you get sick and somebody. It might, somebody, be the, um, it might just be that it's cleaner. You walk away. You're not necessarily. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Much more smarter, sort of murder. If you will. There, well, there was that um, back in the '80s. The, the reason we have those safety seals on mm -hmm. aspirin now is a woman 
poisoned her husband with cyanide, she put it in his aspirin, but she That's put right. it in a few other random bottles just to make it look like a sort of a fluke at the factory. Yeah. And now we all can't get the lids off and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the foil the, you, you almost have to have like a uh, a butcher knife just to get into the the seal pack on the top. And there's that warning, do not use this if this is punctured in any way, you know. Yeah. So I guess some probably some boyfriends were hurt in the writing of this book then. Is that how it worked? Um I mean, I actually I've been fortunate enough that all my breakups were pretty pretty peaceful. Oh, so. I was I was referring to the the uh the the uh, boyfriends in the book. So you won't hear from them because they're dead. <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> they're wow, dead. Um, you only get one side of things, unfortunately. Well, do you see yourself uh, doing a follow-up uh, novel using the same characters? Maybe I, you know, never say never. Never say never. Right at go. the moment, no. But the way the way it ends, it's a little. It would be a little difficult. But this would be this would be kind of an interesting movie. It'd be like uh, Carrie times three. Yeah, it, th <laughs> I think there's. <laughs> I loved Carrie. I, I grew up on horror films and I love Stephen King. So, uh-huh. So did any of that have an influence then on you? On the probably, probably, you know, my, oh my. my dad was really into like the classics. So Hitchcock, you know, and things like that. And he would, he would show me these old horror movies and I would think, Oh, these, I was 10 years old, 11 years old. And I was thinking, what kind of father is this? The best, the best. <laughs> and I would say, dad, these are really slow. These are really boring. And he took that as a challenge. He's like, we're going to get uh -huh. a scary movie. We're going to show you something. And so we watched like pretty much everything, the shining, Harry, the mm. birds, Cujo, whatever it was. And I, you know, for me, it was actually, it was scary, but it was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I always had that sense in, in horror that you don't see anywhere else is what is going to happen next. Like, this is so preposterous. I don't think I'll ever be trapped in a car with a rabid dog. Yeah. Um, but what can, how can this possibly end? I need to know, you know? <laughs> so I think that did impact probably. <laughs> there you go. Do you think that contributed maybe your writing is setting up that next, that next, uh, what might happen next sort of scene? Um, I have I have been told that that's the case with my writing sometimes that a lot of people will even in my in my children's books that I take things in a direction that they they weren't necessarily expecting. There you go. Now you use a different name on your children's books, don't you? I go by Lauren. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that helps people they can find your books. Um, do, do you think you might have some uh, transfers that, that they'll discover that you've uh, written a different book from your children's books? Maybe they're old enough now where they can make the jump. I would imagine, yeah, because I I began in 2011, and that was my most well-known book, the one mm -hmm. that I published in 2011. And the readers now are in their 20s, 30s. They've reached out and let me know that they're always, they're always looking for my next book. <laughs> That's good. They've finally grown up, so now they can uh, they can just get your next book and and run with it. There are a lot of, I think when I was a teenager, I read a lot of teen books, but I also read a lot of books kind of geared more towards adults. So I think there's always that, that crossover audience that will find you. Yeah. And that would be good for you. Cause you know, you can just get that original audience going mm -hmm. stuff. I, we've had a few uh, people that have used different names uh, for romance novels, crossing over into normal novels. I don't know normal novels that sounds weird to say um but we've had people that have done that and uh their audience usually finds them out and they're just like i don't i don't even know why we're bothering doing this <laughs> it's not yeah it's not really meant to be a secret i i decided to go yeah. by ren just because i don't want you know some excited 12 year old who loves my books to pick this up and then be startled <laughs> and have, and have <laughs> <Horrifying>. <laughs> mom's calling you yes yeah. yeah. 
upset you, parents. <laughs> so they're murdering people too. Yeah. So delineation, you know, I think it's important to have the, the two. I can acknowledge one, but also separate the other. There you go. There you go. Well, this has been really insightful. Anything more you want to tease on the book before we go? Oh, you know, I think I'm going to write more books about the people next door who seem safe and then they're not. <laughs> this seems like a good plot. I, I've had a lot of people next door to me that aren't safe and are not. In fact, we were next door one time to someone. Here's a plot for you. We we're next door to somebody uh, who is a real big, uh, what they like to call a Karen. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, she was the head of the uh, Homeowners Association in Las uh -huh. Vegas. Association. And, uh, that's, that's a novel right there. Yeah, if you ever if you ever come with a murder story for people like that, um, <laughs> I definitely I've I've known some parents. <laughs> you might sure. you might be tapping a vein, you know, uh, kill the or may, either the killer could be the head of the HOA or maybe the neighborhood just gets sick of him. Then the neighborhood gets together and that's all, probably the more likely. It's like Caesar; they all murder him. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just got a book. I got a book there, you're writing your book right now. Don't give it away. Don't don't let somebody steal your idea. <laughs> well, it's been very wonderful to have you on. Thank you for coming on and sharing uh, your story and this amazing new book launch we've got uh, coming up here. Well, this has been so fun. There you go. That's what we try and do. Uh, the book is out next week. So order it up so you can be the first in your book club to brag that you read it first. How I'll Kill You is out now. And uh, thank you very much, friend, for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Monitors, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com for Chess Chris Foss, youtube.com for Chess Chris Foss, and all those crazy places we are on the interwebs. Stay safe, be good to each other, and we'll see you guys next time. And don't do